ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد in Surah Al-Isra, in Surah 17, Allah says, اِقْرَأْ كِتَابَكَ كَفَى بِنَفْسِكَ الْيَوْمَ عَلَيْكَ حَسِيبًا Allah says, read your own book of deeds. That'll be sufficient. That'll be sufficient for you in terms of your account on the Day of Judgment. اِقْرَأْ كِتَابَكَ Read your own book, your own book of deeds. That is sufficient. That will be sufficient on that day. As it relates to each and every one of our book of deeds, we should ask ourselves constantly on a daily basis, on a nightly basis, what are we writing ourselves, so to speak, in our own book of deeds? Because Allah is telling us that on that day, for better or for worse, your record will be enough. It'll be enough proof for better or for worse. It'll be enough evidence for better or for worse. Read your own book. اقرأ كتابك كفى بنفسك اليوم عليك حسيبا. There should be a constant reflection, a constant self-assessment, self-reflection, self-awareness. This is one of the trademark qualities of the mu'min, of the believer. Constant self-awareness. How am I treating other people? How am I treating folks around me? How am I treating people at home, in the masjid, at work, at school, while I'm driving, while I'm at the grocery store? The mu'min is constantly aware that every action for them matters because they care so much genuinely about their own book. Every word matters because they care so much about preparing their record for that day. Allah is saying, your own book is going to be enough. One of the key subjects that we should all think about very deeply is how much is going to be written in our book of deeds as it relates to helping the next generation specifically and especially. What can I do to help them is how the mature mu'min thinks. As a person's iman grows and matures more and more over time, as those roots deepen and strengthen more and more over time, and as those beautiful branches go higher and higher into the sky, and as this tree produces fruit year-round by the grace of Allah, there always has to be this topic at the forefront of our minds as individuals, as family members, as community members. What about the next generation? And that's the start, that's not the end. 
We should add an S to that. What about coming generations? What are we doing now for them? As a person's iman matures, as the roots deepen and the branches grow and the fruit is produced, the realization comes to mind more and more and more. This deen is not about me being served as an individual. It's about me serving others as an individual. This is a deen of khidmah. This is a deen of service. Anyone, and anyone who has that twisted, what are they going to say on that day when they receive their own book of deeds? We have to constantly think and reflect and actively prepare as much as we possibly can for the youth of today and tomorrow and after that and after that and after that. I'll give you three specific examples that tie in with this. Because some people, sometimes as Muslims, some folks within the Muslim community may have a hard time reflecting and understanding and realizing how important it is to put the youth at the forefront. It's not an afterthought. Unfortunately, in most communities, we'll just look at within this country, the youth are a very distant afterthought. The reason why so many youth are leaving Islam today is because the work wasn't put in 20, 30 years ago. That's not pointing fingers at anyone. That's not the point. A lot of good was done 20, 30 years ago. The point today, what are we doing to prepare the youth of tomorrow and after that and after that? If we truly realize these examples that I'm going to give straight out of the Quran, it's right there. But it's up to us to open our eyes. I'm not saying physically, but spiritually in here. With Allah Azza wa Jal, He describes the one who gave us hearing, the one who gave us vision, the one who gave us this ability to use our intellect and reflect. Very few people are grateful. Very few people express gratitude to Allah in general and especially in connection with these faculties. The first of the three examples that I want to give. Allah mentioned, and I want us to realize that in every prayer, at the end of our prayer, we mentioned Prophet Muhammad we mentioned Prophet Ibrahim What is the legacy of Prophet Muhammad? What is the legacy of Prophet Ibrahim? Think of who these luminous figures are, not only in Islamic history, in human history. How many billions of lives between their time and after their time have been directly or indirectly impacted and affected significantly because of them. These are the two most important legacies in human history for us to think about and reflect upon. And at the end of our prayer, every prayer, we remember both of them. Prophet Ibrahim in Surah Al-Baqarah, this is after years of struggle, trials and tribulations. And you know when, 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 you, when you squeeze, I'll give the example of an orange, when you squeeze an orange, when you juice an orange, When you squeeze it, that's when the juice comes out. That's how you get the juice out. It's already contained within it. That squeeze exposes what's truly inside. It reveals what's truly inside. 
Prophet Ibrahim went through one test after another, major test after another, after another, after another. So Allah tells him that you've completed your tests. You have passed all of your exams. Allah has just given him this incredible promotion in human history. Allah tells him, I have made you an imam, a leader, an example, a role model for all of mankind, for all people. His immediate response shows the juice, so to speak, that was already within him. What was one of the key things that continuously motivated him to make it through those tests, trials, and tribulations? It's shown in his response. Without a second thought, his immediate response. He didn't have to reflect on it, chew on it, think about it for a long time. Immediately. I don't think I can express how momentous this is. If someone gets a promotion at work, is their first thought something related to their kids? Maybe, maybe not. Their grandkids, their great-grandkids, their great-great-great-great-grandkids. In our adhkar, we refer to Prophet Ibrahim السلام, as our spiritual father. His immediate response, what about my progeny? What about those who come after me? For generations to come. Straight out of the Qur'an, the prioritization of the youth is the greatest challenge in the ummah, in the Muslim community in this country, without question. The youth are facing a thousand different challenges from every direction. What are we doing actively to help them? And if we're not doing as much as we possibly can to actively help them, then by default we're hurting them. When we make istighfar, it's not just about the bad that we did, it's also about the good that we didn't do. And if anyone feels too comfortable to make istighfar, woe be unto you. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes, period. Why? Because that's a sign of a hardened heart. One of the punishments Allah mentions in the Qur'an for a people who came before us, but the principle remains until now. Allah says, and we made their hearts hard in direct connection with them being punished. And that's only regarding dunya. We made their hearts hard. We should reflect and think, have our hearts hardened as it relates to deep, sincere, genuine preparation, active preparation, active cultivation as it relates to our youth of today and tomorrow and after that. The first example is from our father Ibrahim alayhi salam. His immediate response, what about my progeny? The second example. When you look at the third chapter in the Qur'an, the name of that surah is Ali Imran. This is the story, this is the part of the surah from which the surah derives its name. When the mother of Sayyidah Maryam is pregnant with her, of course she doesn't, she doesn't know the gender, 
her husband, Imran, السلام, passes away during her pregnancy. So now she's going to give birth to an orphan. She gives birth, and as she's holding this baby, إِنِّي سَمَّيْتُهَا مَرْيَمْ وَإِنِّي أُعِيذُهَا بِكَ وَذُرِّيَّتَهَا مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ It's right there in the Qur'an. What is her primary concern? She just gave birth to a baby. She is so deeply concerned regarding that baby and any potential future generations to come from that baby. Imagine a mother exhausted as can be. The most exhausted that she'll ever be in her lifetime. Delivering a baby as an orphan. Asking Allah, Ya Allah, protect this baby and any potential future babies from her, from shaitan. What is her concern? The youth are not an afterthought. Afterthought, they are priority number one. They are at the forefront. And the fact that they're leaving Islam left and right, that's a reflection of us. We're not doing enough to help them. We're missing the forest for the trees some way, somehow. Islam speaks for itself. The Qur'an speaks for itself. The beloved sunnah, the bright sunnah of the Prophet, Siraj Munira, speaks for itself. So whatever they're turning away from is an ugly cloud in between. That's what they're turning away from. Are we part of that cloud? Chances are the answer is yes. We hope not. We're not going to find out until we read our book on that day. What are we actively doing? The first example, Prophet Ibrahim. The second example, the mother of Sayyidah Maryam. And the last example that I'll give is a figure that ties both of them together. This figure is connected to Prophet Ibrahim as well as to Sayyidah Maryam, and that's her uncle, Prophet Zakariya. What is his deep concern? By this point, he's very, he's, he's quite high up there in age, he and his wife. Look at the beginning of Surah Maryam. What is consuming him? Not as an afterthought. Priority number one. I'm so deeply afraid for the next generation. It's right there. It's there in the Quran and the Sunnah, the deep concern for the youth. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing actively to help them, to assist them? They're not looking for much. They're looking for kindness. They're looking to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, to be valued. It ain't rocket science. But then we find ourselves making something so simple, so complicated. It doesn't take much. And for all the youth who have left, we ask Allah to bring them back to this beautiful deen in beautiful ways. And we ask Allah to help us to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم When it comes to these different figures, these different examples when we come across their stories the point is for us to reflect and to think, what kind of fruit can I pick from the tree of this surah, of this story, 
of this prophet, this messenger, this scholar, this righteous person, this companion, male or female? How can I benefit here and now from what I'm reading, seeing, hearing, learning about? How can I benefit now? That's the point. That has to be the intention. I want to conclude with some words from someone else connected to Prophet Ibrahim salam. This part of the surah connects to this incredible father-son tandem. Prophet Dawood and Prophet Sulaiman, peace be upon them both. David and Solomon. Allah says in Surah Saba, اِعْمَلُوا آلَ دَاوُدَ شُكْرًا So they're descended from Prophet Ibrahim. So another connection going back to our father Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah says, اِعْمَلُوا آلَ دَاوُدَ شُكْرًا Allah tells the people of David to do acts of good deeds. وَقَلِيلُ مِنْ عِبَادِهَا الشَّكُرًا And very few of my servants are truly grateful. We ask Allah to make us from among them, أَمِّي رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ in light of that, I want to express my gratitude to this community. May Allah bless this community always. This will be my last khutbah here. My last day at MCYC will be this coming Thursday, making today, here and now, my last khutbah here. I want to thank this community. I want to thank this community for the support over the years, for the kindness over the years, for the goodness over the years. May Allah bless all of you and your families always. I want to express heartfelt gratitude to all of you, those who are, those, the blessed elders who have been kind and supportive. Some of you are right here, you know who you are. Some may be close to me in age, being kind and supportive. Those younger than me, being kind and supportive and enthusiastic. May Allah bless all of you in general, and especially your children, especially your youth, and their kids, and their kids, and their kids until the end of time. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qin adhab al-nar. Rabbana la tu'akhidna in nasina aw akhtatna. Rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamiltahu ala alladhina min qablina. Rabbana wa la tuhammilna ma la taqata lana bihi wa'afu anna. Wa'aghfir lana warhamna anta maulana fa'ansurna ala al-qawm al-kafirin wa'aqim as-salah.